In this corner, Johnny and Rocky. And in this corner, Bobby and Apollo Creed. Six and a quarter inches tall, fully posable, they look the way they do in your favorite Rocky movies. The winner now and the new champion, Rocky. And now, Mr. T as Clubber Lang. We so fair. me. To challenge the champ, Sly Stallone, Rocky. It's a left, a right, another right. It's Rocky. Clubber Lang is down. The Rocky Collection. Rocky, Apollo, and Mr. T as Clubber Lang from Pack Toys. to you the internet's only podcast pairing workouts with action movies so these are excellent action movies to set your workout to and we are excited to bring you this film um i have to say a little bit of a sad face action jackson 1988 action jackson starring rest in power carl weathers yeah, this is all a celebration of Carl Weathers and a double celebration for Black History Month. Yes. Uh, and who better to celebrate black history than two white guys in Oklahoma? <laughs> uh, one and a half white guys, thank you very much. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, also kind of a cursed episode. We uh, recorded this a year ago. Yeah. And uh, we had some technical difficulties and lost the recording. Yes. And uh, a few months before that, Chadwick Boseman died. Um, we're here again to try and re-record it. And yes. a couple days ago, uh, Carl Weathers died. Yes. Oh, it was a hard one to, to see. I immediately texted you before I even texted my family. <laughs> I texted you to let you know that, like, I can't believe it. Like, the, the man, he's gone. Yeah. Um, so um, I rewatched this with different eyes and really fully appreciated his performance in this uh, even much so even much more so than, than I have in the, in the past um, so it's gonna be kind of difficult for me to get the words out um, <laughs> but uh, yeah what a, what a tragic loss um, great great guy such a charismatic actor underrated uh, I, I 100% believe that he's un, uh, underrated I don't know if you can tell or not but I'm sporting a Carl Weathers power mustache <laughs> It's kind of fading in. I, I really did. People, um, I was at the mall the other day, and people were asking me, oh, you're like Travis Kelsey, right? And I'm like, Travis Kelsey? This is a Carl Weathers mustache. <laughs> this is a power stash, yo. So, um, but anyway, um, yeah, uh, what, what a loss. Um, you know, I, I'm excited to do this one because um, this Action Jackson was one of the only um, three lead like top billing roles that he had as far as like leading man and you asked me earlier but do i consider predator a top top role i, I do but again his name he's never gonna outshine schwarzenegger you know yeah. on, on a movie poster but these films were the ones that he had like top billing these were his films he has uh, action jackson um, which is in 88 i think in 1990 um, he does hurricane smith which is one that i definitely need to track down i don't even know if it's available I've never even heard of it, um, so I, I definitely have to track that one down. And then he also did a television show from 1991 to 1992 uh, called Street Justice. Um, and so those were the only starring roles that he had. And what a tragedy because he's such a charismatic actor. He he steals every scene that he's in. Mm -hmm. um, he's such a commanding actor. And he's been in a lot of shows. I don't know if you know or not. Um, He's in Friday Foster with, with Pam Greer. He's in Bucktown with uh, Fred the Hammer Williamson. He's in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm -hmm. He's worked with Schwarzenegger. Or Schwarzenegger. Well, he worked with Schwarzenegger. Spielberg is what I was trying to say. Um, he was in Death Hunt with Charles Bronson and Lee freaking Marvin. Um, he's in Simi Tough with, with Burt Reynolds. Uh, Force 10 from Navarone with Harrison Ford and Robert. Damn. Uh, quit from Jaws. Like, come on. 
Um, he was in Good Times. He was in Starsky and Hutch, Streets of San Francisco, Six Million Dollar Man, uh, Barnaby Jones. Um, and like I said, just every time he pops up, a predator, obviously. But uh, every time he pops up on screen, um, you know, just can't keep your eyes off of him, yeah. you know. Yeah, and he was yeah. having, I guess, kind of a mini career resurgence with Mandalorian. Yeah. The last few years. Yeah, he's been a part of some of the <clears throat> biggest film franchises um, from Predator to Rocky to yeah. Star Wars. I mean, that's quite an impressive uh, pedigree that, that he, um, you know, has leaves behind, I guess. So I'm excited to get to talk about this one, um, but before we do so, we want to get take care of a little bit of business. Uh, I don't know how much um, you guys are, are fans of the show, but we have recently started um, uh, hawking merchandise, uh, so to speak. Uh, we, we de- we're in desperate need of a new microphone. <laughs> and so um, instead of just setting up a GoFundMe, um, which is just sort of like charity we're not all about charity. We, we're not, we don't have charitable hearts here. Um, no, I'm just kidding. We, we really do. But no, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is um, you know, we, we didn't want to just go that route just to ask people for money without getting something in return. So what um, we've done is put together a few fake um, soundtracked uh, album covers for fake movies that, that we would want to see. And we did it through AI, so I know we cheated a little bit, but um, there was a lot of editing involved, um, lots of layers, <laughs> if you know anything about Photoshop. And um, we, we put together, I think, about 10 of these album covers, and we've got them on sale right now. If you want to hit us up through Messenger or send us an email at pumpaction underscore podcast at gmail.com, or you can message us, that's Skoden Cinema, or Pump Action um, on Instagram. I have both of those. Um, and not only uh, there, are, I'm going to say there are going to be uh, 15 bucks, um, but not only do you get a full color 12 by 12 album print on nice cardstock, um, I will also send you the soundtrack that goes along with these films that I've compiled. So there was a little bit of question of, well, how can we get away with um, selling copyrighted music? We're not selling the music. We're actually giving that away free. But um, if you're like me, um, you know, it's I know it's easy just to go on Spotify and make this playlist for you. But how cool is it to have a physical copy of something like I, we're physical media people. I love to like, you know, still slam CDs in every once in a while in the car radio, stuff like that. So, yeah, we have 12 to choose from if you want or excuse me, 10 to choose from. So if you want to go to the Instagram page, I'm going to put them all up. Um, once again, these are fake. They're not real uh, movie posters or soundtrack albums they're they're you know completely made made by us and you're going to get the the full color 12 by 12 print and you'll also get the cd soundtrack that goes along with it for absolutely free 15 dollars plus five bucks shipping and handling what a deal buy one and in fact we've already had two purchases um so and i got a thank you letter as well and yeah it's pretty cool uh this one um is from a buddy in Spain. So we, oh. ha- we have a listener in Spain. So sh- should I read this in like a Spanish accent? Um, <laughs> no, so no. it says, uh, well, I don't want to get canceled. Yeah. So. Uh, but it says here, uh, Dear Pump Action Team, uh, I wanted to express my sincere gratitude for the incredible Arnold-inspired workout routines that you've crafted. Your dedication and expertise have not only transformed my physical fitness and sexual prowess, <laughs> but also inspired a newfound commitment to a healthier lifestyle. Your innovative exercises and motivational guidance, a pump jam CD about the fire inside me has made each session not just challenging, but genuinely enjoyable. So thank you for leaving, uh, for, excuse me, thank you for being the driving force behind my fitness journey. My balls have swollen three times their normal size, and I look forward to continuing this transformative, transformative experience with your guidance. Best wishes, Esteban de la Sexface. <laughs> so thank you, Esteban, for, for sending that letter. That really means a lot to us. And if you want your um, balls to swell three times, you might want to go to the doctor. But uh, you know, <laughs> make sure it's from the workout. Yeah, definitely from all else. the testosterone that we produce with these workouts. So yeah, um, check them out. Um, Instagram, Pump Action underscore Podcast. 
Uh, you can also hit me up at Skoden Cinema um, on podcast, Skoden underscore cinema, and also uh, Pump Action uh, or Pump Action underscore pod at gmail.com. Pump Action underscore pod at gmail.com. So hit us up and we'll send you some cool, cool stuff. So, anyway, so are we ready to dive in to Action Jackson? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Action Jackson is a 1988 American action film directed by Craig R. Baxley in his feature film directorial debut. I have to say that he follows this up with Stone Cold with Brian Bosworth. Did you know that? (laughs) I I think it's his only other um, uh, directing credit. So uh, Brian Bosworth, if you're from Oklahoma, Oklahoma Sooner fan, you know him. Um, Yeah, he was a one-and-done actor. (laughs) Action Jackson stars Carl Weathers, Vanity, Craig T. Nelson, and Sharon Stone. It was released in the United States on February 12th, 1988. So let's talk a little bit about Carl Weathers. He was born in New Orleans, Louisiana in 1948. As a kid and teenager, he got involved in boxing, football, gymnastics, judo, soccer, and wrestling. Wow. He went to Long Beach City College and then San Diego State University, where he played defensive end on the football team. In 1970, he signed as a free agent with the Oakland Raiders as a linebacker, where he played in seven games. In 1971, he only played in one game before the Raiders released him. That was their biggest mistake. (laughs) He then signed on with the Canadian BC Lions football team, where he played 18 games over two years. During the offseason, he also finished college at San Francisco State University, where he got a bachelor's degree in drama. In 1974, he retired from football and got into acting. He appeared as an extra in some black exploitation films and in small roles in episodes of the TV shows Good Times, Kung Fu, Starsky and Hutch, and Barnaby Jones. In the late 70s, he got his big break and auditioned for the role of Apollo Creed in Rocky a part which he would play throughout the franchise over several decades. And wrongly killed off, spoilers, <laughs> in Rocky IV. Throughout the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s, he appeared in numerous action films, TV shows, and even a few video games. In the early 2000s, he played a fictional version of himself in the sitcom Arrested Development. Uh, most recently, he appeared in the Star Wars streaming drama The Mandalorian, in which he was nominated for his first Emmy. Yes. And uh, I don't know, I haven't read anything, if they're going to do some kind of, like if he was scripted to appear in anything in the future, like if they're going to do some kind of CGI. Yeah. Carl yeah. Weathers or something, I don't know. Probably too soon to figure yeah. that out. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, Vanity. Yes. Um, this is also kind of a tragic story. Yes. Uh, she was born Denise Katrina Matthews in Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada in 1959. She had three sisters and several half-siblings. Her father, who died when she was 15, physically and verbally abused her for years. I guess we should have put a trigger warning at the beginning of this. Yeah, I definitely probably need to. <laughs> she started modeling in her teens and competed in some beauty pageants. In 1980, she started acting, appearing in a couple of movies under the name D.D. Winters. Through her modeling career, she had appeared on several album covers in the late 70s and early 80s, and she ended up meeting Prince at a music awards show in 1982. He found out she could sing and wanted her to be in a girl group he created called The Hookers. (laughs) (laughs) Only in the 80s, folks. Yeah, Prince wanted her... Na- her uh, name to Prince wanted her to be named Vagina. Oh, okay. Spelled, you know, the other way. <laughs> yeah. But she refused, so they compromised on Vanity, <laughs> and the group was renamed Vanity Six. Nice. They released one album and had one hit called Nasty Girl. <laughs> yeah, Prince, man. Good guy. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> Vanity Six members wore lingerie and portrayed an erotic image, but Vanity later said that she hated the concept and only did it because otherwise Prince wouldn't pay them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds about uh, right. <laughs> in 
1983, Vanity appeared on the cover of Rolling Stone with Prince, but later that year she left Vanity Six and turned down a role in Prince's Purple Rain, released in 1984. She signed with Motown Records and began a solo music career, releasing two albums. Her big film debut was in The Last Dragon in 1985, but her biggest role was in Action, Action Jackson in 1988. She appeared in a handful of other movies and random TV episodes up to 1993. She also appeared in the April 1988 issue of Playboy. Mm. Vanity was romantically linked to Prince, Adam Ant, Billy Idol, and Nikki Six. Nikki Six claimed that it was Vanity that taught him how to freebase cocaine. <laughs> if you're teaching Nikki Six about drugs, I mean, you've got problems. Yeah. So, yeah, she was a heavy drug user. In 1992, however, after working with actor Sam Jones, who you may remember from Flash Gordon. I do. She had a spiritual awakening, became a born-again Christian, retired from acting, dropped the name Vanity, and went back to Denise Matthews. Hmm. She began touring the South and preaching about Christianity in her story. Was it uh, Sam Jones that, because uh, isn't he kind of got his big toe in that shit too a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Thought, I thought so. I think I don't. I wonder if he was like. Um, I didn't write it down, but I think I remember reading that they would have like Bible studies or something. Oh, really? I really? Think. That would make sense. I mean, not not to, 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 you know say anything bad right. about that, but I just I've I've met Sam Jones at like a con once, and he was super nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> but you could just kind of tell like he's very clean cut. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no tomfoolery over here at this table. Yeah. You know. Um. So she went back to calling herself Denise Matthews, but I'm going to keep calling her Vanity, so yes. we don't get confused. Nobody knows Denise Matthews, but we so, all know Vanity. Yeah. Because of her years-long cocaine abuse in 1994, she had a near-fatal kidney failure and claimed that Jesus visited her in the hospital. She said that uh, Jesus said she would live if she gave up her Vanity character completely. She did so and cut all ties with Hollywood and the music industry. At one point, she started throwing away and destroying anything and everything tied to her life and show business. Her agent found out about this, uh, thought she was getting carried away, and he stepped in to save a bunch of her things, including valuable paintings, gold records, and a hand-painted cassette that had been painted by Prince that had some of his unreleased music on it. Whoa, no way. What do you think think it is that Jesus was such an investment in... Uh, vanity to say like get get rid of everything and like what was in it for her other than just like was he I don't know yeah. interesting um and apparently Prince was or is yeah or not now but it later was hugely religious too so mm-hmm. I wonder at what point you know maybe di- that's what different it was. kind of Christian I guess yeah yeah maybe that's what it was. So uh, Vanity got a kidney transplant in 1997 while continuing to preach the gospel for years afterwards. But her 10-year cocaine addiction finally caught up with her, and she died in 2016 at the age of 57 from kidney failure. She left most of her estate to her church. So, Okay, now... Vanity, uh, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um... I want to talk a little bit about black exploitation? Yeah, totally. Because this is Black History Month. And yes. So it was a film genre popular throughout the 1970s, originally targeting the urban black audience, but grew to popularity with other races, ethnicities, and demographics. Some of the earliest films officially categorized as black exploitation include Uptight in 1968, Cotton Comes to Harlem in 1970, Shaft in 1971. And Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, yeah, also ever, in 1970. You ever seen that? I've not. It's a it's a it's a film. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's different. Other notable black exploitation films of the 1970s include Superfly, Blackula, Blackenstein, Cleopatra Jones, Coffee, Dolomite, and Petey Wheatstraw. Ah, yes. Black exploitation films heavily featured funk and soul music for their soundtracks. Common themes in many black exploitation films included violence, sex, drugs, and strong black protagonists overcoming the government, white supremacy, white supremacy, and other entities perceived to be oppressing the black community. Yeah. Did you ever get into black exploitation at all? 
Uh, I've seen a few. Yeah, yeah. I did. Um, it was one of those genres where like the box art sold me on it. Yeah. Um, as I've said on probably every episode, we just grew up in a in a video store basically. Um, that's just what you did, and just seeing all that box art of those VHS covers yeah. just drew drew me in. Um, <laughs> from the Mac to like you said, Superfly to Shaft to Dolomite, um, Golly. Uh, it's just it's it's such a fun genre. Mm-hmm. Probably not cor- politically correct now, but um, definitely at the time, h- hugely influential. So. There were numerous subgenres of black exploitation films, including crime, action, horror, comedies, and even musicals. Black exploitation became so popular that other mainstream films began to capitalize on certain characters and elements of them, such as the James Bond film *Live and Let Die*, and the Bruce Lee film *Enter the Dragon*. Yeah. Uh, also, a lot of crossover between black exploitation and martial arts. Yeah, you had uh, Ron Van Cleef and uh, uh, oh my gosh, I can see his face, Jim Kelly. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, there's a lot that could be said about black exploitation regarding race relations in the black community, but uh, we can talk about that on our other podcast, Pump Action Critical Race Theory. <laughs> yes, that's coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> Not available in Florida. Or Oklahoma. <laughs> Although its heyday was the 1970s, black exploitation has had an effect on pop culture and cinema up through the present day, influencing filmmakers such as Quentin Tarantino and Spike Lee. Movies that were inspired by contain elements of or make references to the black exploitation genres include Action Jackson, The Last Dragon, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, Tales from the Hood, Pootie Tang, Undercover Brother, Black Dynamite, and many others. Yeah, Black Dynamite is so good. <laughs> Black exploitation has been parodied by The Simpsons, Family Guy, Mad TV, and Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> Hip hop culture has also was also heavily influenced by some of the more lascivious imagery popularized by Black exploitation, including pimp personas, scantily clad women, flashy jewelry, and fancy cars. Black exploitation has also influenced novels, video games and even an opera based on Mozart's Don Giovanni. Oh, I'd like to check that out. Yeah. Um, And I think I mentioned this later, but uh, yeah, Action Jackson is considered by some to be one of the last pure black exploitation film, or not pure, but like the original run of black exploitation, I guess. Right, right, right. um, Before it kind of died out in the late 80s. All right, let's get into the movie, Action Jackson. Um, we've got Carl Weathers as Sergeant Jericho Action Jackson, Craig T. Nelson as Peter Anthony Delaplane, <laughs> Vanity plays Sidney Ash, Sharon Stone as Patrice Delaplane. We've also got uh, Bill Duke, Robert Davi, and Thomas F. Wilson from uh, Back to the Future fame in this movie. Yeah. Also, Mary Ellen Trainer, who is not only the Goonies' mom, but oh, also yeah. uh, the Monster Squad's mom as well. Yeah. You have a character actor, Edo Ross, is one of those guys that when you see him on screen, you'll know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the bad guy in Red Heat, the Russian, the real bad Russian yeah. guy in Red Heat. Um, but he's been in a ton of stuff. Dick Tracy, Full Metal Jacket, Lethal Weapon, Universal Soldier, <laughs> and another um, maybe tail end black exploitation film, another Forty Eight Hours. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they consider that to be a black exploitation film, um, but yeah. So he's in it. Al Leong is yeah. also in it. Devereaux White, who played um, was it Argyle yeah. in Die Hard. Die Hard yeah. um, Brantscombe Richmond, who is a native actor who's been in a ton <laughs> of shit too, um, and then good old Sonny Landham. Um, Billy from uh, from Predator, so uh, quite the cast to say <laughs> the right. least. You got three Predator um, connections there. So the film came about when Carl Weathers and producer Joel Silver were working on Predator, and they were talking about how Silver loved black exploitation movies. Silver told Weathers that if he came up with a good idea for one, he would do it. Carl Weathers came up with the Action Jackson character, and Joel Silver hired a writer to do the rest. Uh, In 1990, Weathers starred in Dangerous Passion, an action film which was released in Germany under the title Action Jackson 2, although it does not relate at all to the original film. Oh, okay. I've not even heard of that. Maybe I just overlooked that one. 
probably wasn't very good. Yeah. Uh, the soundtrack, the Action Jackson original soundtrack album features new music by Sister Sledge, the Pointer Sisters, Vanity, and mm-hmm. Herbie Hancock. Vanity's two songs, Far Away Eyes and Undress, were produced by musician Jesse Johnson. We also have Paula Abdul as the choreographer Whoa, for the film. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I know that they showcase both of those songs in their entirety. <laughs> so yeah. I think just to kind of eat up a little bit of the runtime. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, Action Jackson was released by Lorimar Film Entertainment. It did pretty well at the box office, but it received largely negative reviews from the critics. Carl Weathers wanted to do an Action Jackson franchise with multiple films, but Lorimar Film Entertainment sold the property to Sony, who sold it later to Warner Brothers, and the whole idea just kind of died in the shuffle. Damn the man. Yeah. It received it, or it has a score of 13% on Rotten Tomatoes from 15 reviews. Oh, that's not fair. No. On Metacritic, the film has a weighted average score of 36 out of 100 based on nine critics, indicating no. generally unfavorable reviews. Those guys are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Vanity received a Golden Raspberry Award nomination for Worst Actress. Um,. However, it did gross $20 million on an $8 million budget and made another $45 million in VHS sales. That's more than you can say for a lot of blockbusters today, <laughs> yeah. so suck on that. Yeah, $5.5 of that was made on opening weekend, so a total take of $65 million. Yeah, I did not see this in a theater. <clears throat> yeah. Man, I don't think it came to it till way late. Um, do you have anything you want to talk about the actual movie what are your uh, takeaways from it? What um, did you enjoy about it? Oh, gosh. Well, first things first, um, is it Craig Baxley? He's a stunt coordinator is what he's kind of most mm-hmm. famous for. So anytime you have a stunt coordinator directing a movie, there's going to be some pretty spectacular <laughs> stunts. The only like kind of hang-up that, that I have about this film is that there are some spectacular stunts, but they just don't – there's so much space in between them <laughs> that um, it just kind of um, – it just it leaves you wanting more, you know what I mean, yeah. um, and I'm sure that's just strictly due to the budget. But um, the, any movie that starts out with a helicopter buzzing around a, a high rise tower, you know, <laughs> is is going to be great. Um, but the opening stunt is spectacular; um, it's not to be missed. So it, the movie kind of starts out with like these these choppers buzzing around this high this high tower, you know, office building or whatever. And um, these terrorists, I guess, because um, the plot's kind of difficult <laughs> to, to kind of <laughs> really, you know, <laughs> pin down. Yeah. But um, so anyway, these terrorists bust through this um, office building, high, this high rise office building through like the top floor and immediately like throw. Oh, actually kicks um, the Goonies mom through like another plate glass window and kills her. And then you have Ed Ross, who is like I said, like the bad guy in um, – um, red heat who's only in it for like five minutes uh, kind of running around trying to hide from them long story short um the head the, the head baddie i guess has like a rocket launcher and he like rocket launches him um shoots him the guy immediately ignites into flames <laughs> he goes through a plate glass like through the wind the office window falls probably about five or six stories and you see this whole thing and you you can tell that it's it's a stuntman on fire he lands in like a restaurant below through another glass ceiling and into a fountain. Um, and they shoot it from multiple angles because you, you know, they wanted to, wanted you to see that it's an actual stunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that is a pretty spectacular stunt to open the film. And so it really kind of wets your whistle for like what's to come. But then it just kind of like, there's a lot that goes on between the next stunt series. Um, there's a lot of weird, like, political subplots. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. From what I gather, um, the, well, the movie's set in Detroit, and so you obviously know that it's going to have something to do with the auto industry mm-hmm. because there's tons of scenes of, like, the GM plant and, like, Tiger Stadium and, um, I don't know, other Detroit landmarks. I think Michael Moore's in there. but um, So you know like, it's going to have something to do with, like, the auto so where would you go with that would be like the unions, right? So the auto unions, the workers' union. 
And so Delaplane, who's played um, great by uh, Craig T. Nelson, he is pretty awesome in this role. He's so Trumpish is the only way I could really <laughs> describe him um, as as Delaplane. Um, and he sort of has this beef with Jericho Action Jackson because the real movie that I would love to see is what happened to his son. Um, so uh, the backstory you get on that is that Action Jackson, um, I guess, really manhandled his son, um, causing him to lose his um, sergeant stripes. Um, and so he's now um, relegated to just like a desk job, so to speak. He doesn't even he's not even allowed to carry a gun anymore. That's like whatever happened. Um, but what he says is like, he's like, you know, you hurt my son or like, you know, you manhandled my son. And he's like. Your son is a sexual psychopath. So, like, that is like the like what? Well, what is that? Like, I yeah. really kind of want to see that film. Like, you know, so anybody wants to go back and make the prequel to Action Jackson, I'd love to see that movie. Um, but anyway, so like the Delaplane guy is one of the heads of this auto company called like the Halley or something like the Haley's Comet or something like that, and he's knocking off all of the heads of the other auto union um, presidents to kind of control all of the unions and you kind of learn in the end spoilers um, that he wants to become president. So that kind of comes out of the, <laughs> and again, so that's where I was kind of like linking him to like Trump a little bit where he just does all of the scheming, you know, behind the scenes things um, to kind of lift his political um, power, so to speak. And he says several times in the film, like, you know, the power is everything, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, that's kind of the plot. Um, so action Jackson's trying to like figure out like, where he's going to strike next and like, you know, he's trying to warn all of these other, you know, um, auto union presidents that, you know, he's coming for them and anyway. Um, but he's also trying to avoid the police as well because um, Delaplane kills his own wife and it's kind of not really clear, but he takes her body and puts it in Action Jackson's apartment and Sharon Stone is so sexy in this movie. Oh my God. I mean, not to take anything away from Vanity because Vanity is hands down beautiful but for some reason i was watching this it's just like oh my god like yeah. I, this is I, I, kind of her peak this and total recall yeah and well then you have basic instinct because yeah. i looked it up and then like she went into sliver and then she, i guess she tried to want to break away from like the sexual thriller genre and tried to go drama and nobody was accepting her so shame on you hollywood <laughs> and it um, was uh quick in the dead Oh yeah, I forgot about that. The westerns, nineties, nineties too. I think it was after Basic Instinct. I think Basic Instinct's ninety two, and so it would have to have been maybe ninety four ish, probably ninety five ish. If I'm a betting man, um, I don't have the information in front of me. Peak but Sharon Stone, man. Peak Sharon Stone. She's so sexy in this movie. <laughs> I had to stop it a couple of times. No, I'm just <laughs> and clean up. No, I'm just teasing. But um, no, she's she's fantastic in this film. Um, so. Um, a couple of things that I noticed. Um, the butterfly knife is something that is um, uh, unbelievably 80s. Um, and this makes an appearance as the main kill weapon. It kills three people by <laughs> butterfly knife. Um, I remember as a kid having a plastic butterfly knife and just thinking I was such a badass to be able to do it. I was always too scared to buy a real one because I didn't want to cut myself. But um, it's really cool to see the butterfly knife because you don't see butterfly knives anymore in, in modern cinema. So it was kind of cool to see that. Not only see it, but it actually watch it kill. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of cool. Um, the other thing to take away from this film is that um, Action Jackson is a track star. So not only do we learn through Bill Duke that um, who plays the sergeant, the police sergeant, or police captain, excuse me, um, that Action Jackson has a law degree from Harvard. <laughs> I don't know why he's a police officer, but um, he just wants to help the common man. I don't really know, but he has a law degree from Harvard. He's also a track star from high school. And so they mentioned that about four times. <laughs> um, it's mentioned in the police station. One of the lackeys talks about him being a track star. Um, he goes over to Robert Davi's house, who's like having like a schizophrenic episode, and um, he mentions it. And then it's also dropped after Robert Davi's character is killed in the morgue of all places. Like, how do you know this guy? He's like, oh, we ran track together. <laughs> so the lead up to all of that, the payoff, I should say, because it all it all 
comes to a head when Action Jackson is required to outrun a taxi cab <laughs> on foot. The man can run 45 miles an hour, <laughs> um, chases a cab down on foot, a screeching cab, by the way, um, which leads into like this next like spectacular stunt where he leaps on top of the taxi cab. And he holds on for dear life as the taxi cab is just like, you know, careening and zooming all through um, Detroit's streets, um, hanging on for dear life, which is pretty cool. Um, one of the funny things I'd laughed out loud is he takes his, he finally like gets control of like his body, I guess. And Action Jackson's on top of the, the, the hood of the car, not the hood, but the, the top of the car. Um, and he reaches over like the taxi cab sign and he punches the wind, the front windshield and shatters the whole fucking ding, thing. Ding. Like not just puts a hole in it or I mean, just shatters it with his fist. So the causing the guy to slam on the brakes and then action Jackson like rolls off and he stands up and he's like, you got a car. I, I got nothing. Like, come fight me. Like, come fight me. Anyway, so the guy takes off running and action Jackson, the next, like I said, the next back spectacular stunt jumps over the car. Um, and as the car like hits a brick wall and then like careens off into like a restaurant or something, but the driver gets away, but that was a pretty cool stunt too. Um, and then other than that, like there's not a whole lot of other action sequences for, for a movie called action Jackson. You really expect a lot. Um, the next stunt is done by Sonny Landham where, um, again, it's not really explained why, but Delaplane has vanity hooked on heroin to control her. But he doesn't really need to do that anyway because she works at his club and she's mm -hmm. trying to, um, you know, make, you know, I don't know. She's trying to advance her career, so to speak, and she doesn't really need the heroin. But he, like, gives her heroin and he shoots it into her leg, which I, I don't know much about drug use. I've watched <laughs> a lot of intervention. I've never seen anybody just jam heroin into their legs, but it is what it is. But anyway, um, so Action Jackson has, like, taken Vanity out of the, you know, the long arm of, of Delaplane and he's hiding her in this apartment and there's this the great I don't know what his name is but he's got the voice that sounds like this he's like the kid Casper <laughs> and uh, anyway so he's like watch watch over her and he goes and does some shit and then he comes back and he's like where's where's the girl and he's like mm, room 203 and he's like oh he's like you know he goes up to find her she's not there comes back down he's just like who's the drug people in this apartment or in this hotel He's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's yeah. like, no, who are the drug people? And he finally he gives him up. Goes up, Sonny Landham. Um, so they have a scuffle. Butterfly knife comes back out, doesn't kill this time. Um, but what he does is he takes Sonny Landham, throws him through a window. Um, and, you know, apartment complexes or motels, I guess, or however it works, they're really close together like in a city. So there's like an alley in between two like tall buildings. So he throws Sonny Landham through that window he goes sails across the alley in like probably two or three stories up lands in a, an adjacent apartment building which is pretty like a, through a window too so and again they shot it from down below they shot it from up above they shot it through <laughs> you know the, the window that's going out the window coming in the receiving window again so that you know that like this is a stunt that we did so that was a pretty impressive stunt like in jackie chan levels you yeah. know what i mean um, to throw somebody through a window and have him land in another window across the street or across the alley. So that was a pretty cool little scene. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot to love about this film. Like I said, um, Vanity's great in it. Um, she looks fantastic, too. Um, the villains are good, even though the story might not be very strong. <laughs> Um, oh, the other, the final scene too is where he drives the car up the stairs yeah. at the, at the at Plains mansion. I, I was like, what the hell? Like, I've seen a lot of action movies. I've never seen like a Ferrari or get drove, like driven up a set of stairs onto the second floor. He's like driving around the halls, like trying to find vanity at the end of it. So awesome. Um, I don't know. There's, like I said, the other funny thing that I thought is, um, you know, you have to set up that, that Delaplane is a badass. And in order to do that, um, he has a – out of nowhere, by the way, he has a karate um, training um, sequence in his apartment or in his house or his mansion. <laughs> so he's like has this training partner played by, I don't know, just some random you know martial artist. And he just kicks the living shit out of this guy. So I'm like, if you're his like – sensei like why are you coming over just to get this ding ding i mean he beats this guy to a pulp and he's just like 
same time next week. And the guy's like limping away, like holding his ribs. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so it has to set up that like, oh, this guy knows how to fight because yeah. you know you, you're going to know that Action Jackson and, and Della Plain are going to have a fight at the end. But then they don't really, they don't really have a big fight. Um, how it ends. So anyway, um, that's kind of a bit of a letdown. But yeah, the stunt sequences are awesome. I loved them. Um, the butterfly knives, so cool. Um, there's not very many shirtless Carl Weathers scenes in this. Mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed with that. Um, there's only one where he doesn't have a shirt on, and it's again out of nowhere, like he's being chained up. Um, <laughs> and the, the the other black guy in this movie is going to play. Uh, he's going to snipe. Um, he's going to snipe the one of the other union um, presidents at this party. But he takes um, – the reason why he doesn't have his shirt on is he takes all of um, Action Jackson's clothes. So, like, I don't know. Like, maybe that is an outfit that he's known for wearing. So, like, well, I don't know why he has to have his clothes to – Yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, that's that same old red shirt with the tight bicep. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. <laughs> he takes his clothes. He has to have Action Jackson's clothes. Dresses up like him and goes sits in a tree to snipe this guy. But um, that's the only kind of shirtless – But. He, Carl Weathers looks fantastic. He's he's such a well put together guy. I'm shocked that he didn't go into, you know, any kind of, you know, bodybuilding mm-hmm. or, or I mean, obviously he has an athletic background and it certainly shows. But he's got he's he's got a beautiful body, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Go watch the movie. Um, like I said, this is one of like three. I guess maybe four since we learned um, mm-hmm. of Carl Weathers. Um, lead lead performances he does drive this movie he's so charismatic there's a lot of that corny dad jokes in the film too that he makes you can kind of tell like they're trying to cram in one-liners just to kind of follow the action movie genre formula right um they don't there's a lot of miss but there's a there's a couple of hits i guess it did make me laugh out loud a few times um it's just you know i i never want to like really totally shit ding ding shit on any movie I usually judge a movie by, was I entertained for 90 minutes? And the answer is yes. This is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, not the best. I mean, it's it's not, you know, a Schwarzenegger or Stallone. But they've had some shit movies too, you know. But um, it's good. It's really good. Um, it's a nice little time capsule um, film. You know, this is back in the day where anybody with a good body was getting an action film. Right. You know what I mean? So anyway, but yeah, go watch it. I don't know if it's available anywhere. I have the Blu-ray. Yeah. If it's streaming. Well, it was the 52nd highest grossing film of 1988. 52nd? Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Made about as much money at the box office as Short Circuit 2, License to Drive, Police Academy 5, and Friday the 13th Part 7. Hey, that's some pretty, you know... Police Academy 5 was at Miami Beach. I think that was my, that was a pretty good one. Though. I think Wayne Gretzky's wife is in that one. <laughs> Oh, she's so sexy, dude. Um, so, um, yeah, but you got the Police Academy franchise. Friday, the, Friday the 13th franchise. Part 7. Which one was that? Uh, yeah, I know 8 was Manhattan. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, Jason goes to New York. Happens uh, in Part 7. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Action Jackson released in 1,249 theaters. But uh, 1988 was a really good year for movies. Uh, the top five highest grossing films that year were Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Coming to America, Good Morning Vietnam, Big, and Crocodile Dundee 2. Oh, I saw all of those in a movie theater, too. That is awesome. Other notable releases in 1988 included Die Hard, Beetlejuice, Willow, Rambo 3, Scrooged, Young Guns, Naked Gun from the Files of the Police Squad, Big Business, Child's Play, Wall Street, and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Think about all of those films that you just listed off and action Jackson still comes in. It almost cracks the top 50. Yeah. Like that is an impressive um, list of films that you just, you know, rattled off. That's awesome. Hell of a competition there. Absolutely. So I do have a top 10 list here. Yeah. If you, unless you have anything else you want to say about action Jackson. Oh yeah. No, not really. Um, Like I said, um, if you haven't seen it, see it. Yeah, go see it. Definitely for Carl Weathers. Yeah. Uh, if you are into black exploitation, probably one of the last original black exploitation films to come out. Yeah, I do have some Action Jackson facts mm-hmm. before 
Um, these are stated by characters in the movie. If you want to just know just how badass action Jericho Jackson is, these are actual facts um, about the man as quoted by people in the movie. Um, number one, some say he didn't even have a mother. <laughs> number two, researchers at NASA created him to walk on the moon without a spacesuit. <laughs> And these are actual lines of dialogue. <laughs> Others say that his mother was molested by Bigfoot and Jackson is the mutant offspring. <laughs> and finally, Jackson is so vicious, they don't even let him have a gun, which again is stated in the film. Oh, one more thing I have to mention too. Um, so for, com for, the, you know, com for the comic relief, you have these two um, patrol officers um, one black, one white, which is kind of like their standard formula. Um, one of them is like this misogynistic Italian guy, you know, that's just like, oh, I just got laid so much. And and then you got the, the, the black guy. The, the greatest thing about the black guy is every line he delivers, he delivers it like he's reciting Shakespeare in the park. <laughs> it is awesome. I mean, that was another thing. I was like, listen to this guy like do his lines. Like, it's so out of place. But so awesome. Like, you know, this guy was giving it his all. He was like, I'm going to impress these ding, ding. And I'm going to do it with, with everything I have. And yeah. he, he does, man. It's so funny. Um, but I yeah, wonder, like I said. I wonder who that is, what he went on to go do. I, I should have looked it up. I should have looked it up. But um, yeah, Bill Duke. I mean, we talked about Bill Duke being in this. Um, you know, talks about uh, vanity. It's just, it's a good film. I don't, I don't, I was just the last one I want to say about some Action Jackson facts. <laughs> okay, for our top 10 list this episode, I've got the top 10 highest grossing black actors in the world. Nice. And this is uh, the, you know, by highest grossing, I mean their movies have made this, you know, so much money. And this is for live action roles, animation, cameos, guest guest starring roles. Top ten. Yeah, top highest ten grossing black actors. In the world. In the world. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number ten, Jaiman Hunsu, nine point three billion dollars his Jaiman movies have made. Hunsu, okay. Uh, number nine, I'm kinda surprised he's this low, Will Smith. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Nine point six billion. Maybe the slap heard around the world. <laughs> It's not doing him any favors. He's been in some real shit balls, though, you yeah. know. Um, number eight, Tyrese Gibson, $9.7 billion. Number seven, Anthony Mackie. Mm. His movies have made $10 billion. He's funny. Yeah. Number six, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. $11 billion. Wow. $11 billion? That's mm -hmm. kind of weird because – He's never really like a leading guy. Yeah. He's always like a supporting actor, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so for the top five highest grossing black actors in the world, uh, they are also, all five of them are in the top 25 highest grossing actors in the world, you know, of any Right, race. right, right, right. So, uh, number five, Don Cheadle. Yes. 12.4 billion dollars iron man well i guess that'd be like anthony mackie too the more if you got a marvel movie under your belt like you're gonna crack yeah some i think we've had list. like three or four marvel <laughs> yeah yeah uh number four idris elba 13.3 billion golly number three dwayne the rock johnson yeah 13.7 billion number two highest grossing black actor in the world zoe saldana Wow, 15. really? $15.5 billion. And a female. Way to go. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, and the number one highest grossing black actor in the world, I'm sure some of you have guessed it already, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. His movies have grossed $27.9 billion. Good God almighty. Um, if we look at the top actors, top highest grossing actors in the world overall. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson is number two. Golly, that is awesome. The number one is um, Stan Lee. Now, remember I said highest grossing for 
Oh, leading okay. role, supporting, gotcha. cameo. Because he's been in every Marvel over. film. Yeah. Okay. That now, makes sense. Now, if uh, if we look at leading actors, yeah, that takes Stan Lee out of the equation, and Samuel L. Jackson is the highest-grossing leading actor in the world. Period. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And Zoe Saldana is number four. That is awesome. Period. That is crazy. Um, and if we go live action leading or is this live action leading or supporting role samuel jackson still number one and zoe saldana is number three wow and i think uh i'm not sure how much this has changed since i did this list last year but there are only four black women in the top 100 highest grossing actors in the world hmm, that's surprising it's uh, zoe saldana lupita nyong'o I had it written down in my old notes, but there's only four black women in the top hundred. That's crazy. Um, yeah, um, and I did look up Carl Weathers. Yes, he is uh, nine hundred nineteen. Nine hundred. So he he did crack the top thousand. And yeah, that's that's uh, in the world top thousand overall in the world. Uh, he comes in right between John Oliver and Megan Fox. Wow. So, okay. <laughs> he does beat out Megan Fox. That's good. That's good. Any list that you can beat out Megan Fox is, mm-hmm. is, is a good list for me. So, Well, I have the Carl Weathers workout. Um, do you have anything right. else you want to add nope, about your top ten it. list? Okay. Um, this comes from the official home of the Iron Guru. Oh, Angela Bassett was one of your other women. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. Uh, Vince Garanda, um, who's yeah. kind of like a – I'm sure everybody knows that out there listening knows Vince Garanda. He's been around for forever. Um, this guy is um, trained – Carl Weathers for the Rocky franchise. And so, um, you know, we, we talked about Carl Weathers kind of, you know, coming from Louisiana. He makes his move to L.A. and he joins Vince's gym to begin sculpting his body. Um, he trained under the tutelage of the Iron Guru for two years before he landed the role of Apollo Creed. So um, Vince Garanda, um, you know, takes all the credit for um, Carl Weathers' body success. Um, that the Carl Weathers did anything about it, but anyway, so, um, Carl states, and this is a direct quote from an article in 1972, um, that it's a great system for building hard muscle. I pick out six to seven exercises that will work the whole body and I perform sets, but not just in the usual way. That is, I start with maybe a chest movement, then go on to a leg movement, then something for the shoulders until I have done one set of every movement in my program without pausing, as is the case in this usual fashion. So he basically does supersets. Mm-hmm. Um, when I have done the six or seven exercises, I take a short rest and repeat the cycle. And I do this six times, sometimes more. The idea here is to work as fast as possible. I get a great muscle pump and it's good for my cardiovascular too. I like to grind out the reps, as we all do. <laughs> so um, that's a quote from the man himself. Here are the six to seven exercises that he, um, you know, he mentions. Um, so this one is following a program created by Vince and Carl called How I Trained the Movie Stars. Number one, barbell neck press. And I guess you would superset all of these, which right. is quite a freaking hard workout. Right. Uh, the Reeves, um, Steve Reeves, alternate dumbbell rowing. So you Ooh. do some dumbbell rows. Um, that would be awesome because dumbbell one and then dumbbell two, like some alternating rows. I've never tried yeah. that. That's interesting. Uh, dumbbell lateral raise. You have the lying tricep pullover. Mm-hmm. You have uh, number five, the two-handed seated dumbbell curls. Those are great. Then you do barbell wrist curls. Um, coin symmetric double up crunch. I'm not sure. That's a new one on me. Um, I'll have to look that one up. Um, then frog squats, which is another really good one. And then some standing heel raises. Um, so, yeah, he was. And then it says Carl was also known to use other exercises like leg extensions, easy bar curls, crunches, seated dumbbell raises, and many other exercises that Vince Garanda taught him to shape his physique whilst at Vince's gym. So if you want to go and look at this up, you can just go to vincegaranda.com and you can look them up. Um, one of the things that I've been doing, um, and my wife is kills me because it's a new obsession for me, 
as you guys know on this podcast, I have an unhealthy obsession with collecting shit. Not only have I collected um, movie books and movie soundtracks, um, tie-in books, um, which I did look to see if there was an Action Jackson tie-in novel, and sadly there was not. Ah. Um, but I've also begun collecting vintage uh, muscle mags. Yeah. But the muscle mags that I'm collecting have interviews with movie stars. So Arnold, obviously. Um, I've looked for one for Carl Weathers. There is one. I think he was in a muscle and fitness issue. I just couldn't get it in time for this you know, for this episode. Um, so I'm going back and seeing if there's any like action stars that, you know, appeared in vintage, I say vintage, but eighties muscle mags. Um, I got one with the barbarian brothers, um, which we have to talk about eventually. Um, Dolph Lundgren. So, you know, like I said, um, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Mm -hmm. Stallone, obviously. So I'm going back and seeing if there's any, you know, vintage muscle mag from the weeder mag, um, flex magazine, um, muscle builder, anything like that, um, that, uh, action stars appeared in so we can actually get their, their workouts. So, yeah. So there's the Carl Weathers workout for you. So anything else you want to add before we close out to action Jackson? That's all I got. All you got. Well, okay. So, um, as we said, mentioned earlier, um, we have some art prints for sale, um, on the website, well, I shouldn't say website, on the Instagram page, you can find us at pumpaction underscore podcast um, on Instagram. You can also email us at pumpactionpod at gmail.com if you want one of those. Uh, they're cool. I, everybody I've shown them to have like gone crazy over them. So <laughs> yeah. uh, they're like, those are so cool. And, uh, but anyway, they, it was a lot of hard work. I know, like I said, I did AI, but there's still a lot of hard work in editing all of those out. And, you know, so anyway, um, go check them out. Um, check us out. Leave us any kind of, um, uh, you know, comment or suggestions. We always love to hear from you guys. Um, if you want the, we still have a few of the Arnold um, inspired workout routines as well. Um, I've even added a new feature uh, of the workout program. Um, the very end of it, I have um, 12 Arnold faces that you can circle and rate your workout <laughs> according to Arnold's face. Um, so maybe he has the total recall face if you're yeah. like in a heavy workout or maybe it's the Andy Warhol, um, you know, Polaroid where it's like, you know, felt kind of cute in the gym, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Um, you can circle your daily workout. We'll send those. we got those for 15 bucks too. So if you're interested in any of that stuff, we just need a new mic. That's all we're, we're not planning on getting rich off this stuff. We don't really <laughs> want to get rich. We have our own day jobs. This is just kind of something fun that we do on the side, but, um, you know, Buy something from us so we can buy a new mic. That's all we need, you know. So anyway, um, we've got a special episode coming up. Um, Normally we try to do two films and then a a Time Barbarians. But we're going to sneak in a a special film just for you ladies out there. Mm -hmm. All, both of you. Um, (laughs) I'm excited to talk about it. I have read the novel. There is a novel for this one. So I've read the novel. I can't wait to talk about it. It's probably one of my top five greatest favorite films of all time. Yeah. Um, it's a classic, literally a classic. Uh, but we're going to do that one probably before Valentine's Day. Um, so uh, men, um, if you're listening, which is everybody mostly, I would mm-hmm. think, <laughs> yeah. um, you'll definitely want to make sure you check that one out. Share this podcast with at least one friend. Leave a comment. We're up to 20. We got a new one. Yes. We got another five-star review. <laughs> um, that was so super cool. Thank you guys to anybody that has um, reviewed the podcast. It helps people find us. So um, I guess I'm rambling once again, and I'm going to stop it here. So um, signing off, I'm TIE Fighter. This is T-Bone. And this is Pump Action. Podcast. Later. Introducing the Iron Masters Numero. You know, gymnasium, the ultimate 1985 lifting program that'll have you pressing your animes, swallowing them whole, and shitting their bones. At Iron Masters, we don't screw around. Our adventure-style gym is stacked with calibrated rusted iron plates, cascades, global dumbbells, and the most unbelievable powerlifting equipment ever forged into existence. But Iron Masters is way more 
and just wait. Shark mirrors, butter sweat, and testosterone so thick you could slice it like bunt cake. We're all so brimmed to capacity with the most fantastic assemblage of champions ever thirsted to exist. It's who will be there to push you beyond your wildest limits in order to become the greatest living version of your goddamn self. Don't wait. Email pumpactionpodcast at gmail.com for more information. Or cash app pumpactionpodcast $10 right now. And let's pump some freaking iron the 80s way. Come on, we're here. Do it now. 